three, two, you're on. What's up, YouTube? <laughs> All right. All right. Big day. Zero impact, negative impact. Yeah, I don't know. I got, we got our notes here, dude. The 360 is going to go. Zero impact. You guys are going to tell me what you think zero impact it really means. Wow. Is it like There's factual, has to be every last dot, or is it just in the spirit of, I don't know. Let's not, find the bar we want to hold to. Not perpetuating the, uh, the current situation. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I want to find out. It means like, something to me different, so I'd be interested to see what they say. All right, so let's bring everybody up to speed with zero impact. Yes. Then. Like, it uh, means, uh, I mean, true zero impact would mean True nothing. zero impact would mean that nothing, even in the historical lines of what you've gotten, have ever been impacted or have ever had an impact. That would mean like the coral like poofed uh, into existence. Yeah, because that, that couldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we're not harming the ocean. We're mm. actually maybe contributing back to the ocean. Uh, and okay, I saw this. I'm just gonna tell you my dream, and we're we're gonna. I can't wait to ask these questions yes. of all of you guys. So. This is my dream, is 360 filled with corals, most beautiful tank that we've ever done, and someday I'm gonna show it to you, and I'm gonna be able to say, nothing in here taken was harvested out of the ocean. Mm. All of this was done without affecting anything. Where'd your Haitian rock come from? Uh, so, you know, that's a good point. And that is like, that's gonna, we're gonna hit that on a couple of different conversations. Like, and even in there, like, I, I, yeah. I got, I got some other ones we'll, we'll get to. Okay, okay, okay. All, right. all right. So, uh, all right, so the promise here really is the end of the day's conversation, man. I think the community is going to decide what zero impact really means. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. Hit the mm. first question, though. All right, so, a. Let's see. Can first the I mean the first thing we have to ask is can you have zero impact? Is there such thing as zero impact? I I would say yes in that um, I can certainly uh, fill a tank starting with the you know corals. We're going to go through each one of these things, but I can uh, fill my tank with corals that have never seen the ocean. Mm -hmm. I can fill my tank with uh, a quite a bit of really awesome fish, uh, a plethora of fish that have never seen the ocean before in their life. And certainly rocks and uh, anything else in there that have never seen the ocean. So that's a good point to actually just like Is time it, out, right? Like, yeah, where's the line? Would you take great pride in producing a tank where like you just didn't pull anything out of the ocean hmm. and you achieved all of your dreams at the same time? Right? Like, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't like feel like, oh man, there's so many things that were taken that from you're me. Missing. Yeah, yeah, I wish I could have done this and that. It's really not achieving my dream. Like, no, if you could achieve your dream mm. and you could do it zero impact, would you take great pride in that? Raise your hand because I'd love to know. That's pretty, I'd say. Or that's, down. That's hard. Uh, there are absolutely uh, corals and fish that. I would, I'd personally desire, and I love that. I don't think you can get anywhere but the ocean. Currently, and I, and I always, yeah, currently, but I, and I'd almost feel like, oh man, I can't have that one. You know, but would you? But would uh, what's what's weighs heavier? The pride in that you never touched the ocean, or the law, the feeling of loss that you didn't get uh, what you ultimately desired. For me, on this specific tank, 
I'm really excited about this journey. Yeah. Like, I'm really excited about this is like, it's not just like another SPS tank or an LPS tank or instead of a 160, it's a 360. Yeah. It's going to be a different type of journey because I'm going to have to make some sacrifices along the way. But you got to feel good about them. But will they matter yeah. in the end? Mm. Will I say, you know what? I gave up too much. It wasn't mm. uh, lost part of the journey for me. Or does the pride from uh, doing it in a way that I'm actually like happy and excited about fill in the gaps? I think I could answer that my question for myself if it were my tank right now. Mm -hmm. I think I would have so much, I would have such more, uh, a larger amount of pride, much more pride in my tank if I'm, I'm explaining to somebody who's never been in the hobby and they're looking at my tank and they're like, man, I was like, yeah, everything that's in here that's colorful is alive. All of these corals are alive, these fish. Uh, I'm, yeah, this is a five, 10 year tank. I've had it forever. But you know the coolest part? Not one of these things touched an ocean before, has ever seen ocean before. I know, dude. I'm uh, the same I, way the I whole could, time. Like, I could totally be proud of that. Soon as it, I mean, we talked about this with yeah. this tank back here, and it was just kind of impromptu. But when we had the conversation last week, we got the 360 in place. It's got electricity and flow, water mm -hmm. flowing through right now. Uh, we're plugging in some boards and stuff as you speak. And it's what I just started thinking about. Like, if I, this could be done. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, like, if I could say this and show it, like we show the 160 all the time. We just like gave you that loop the other day, like oh, yeah. 12 hours. 12 hours. And show it in that spectacular uh, you know, way and just say, you know what? The kicker. Boom. Yeah. Zero impact, maybe positive impact. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, uh, I don't know, that also hits why we would do it. Okay, so here's the part, man, that is like, what classifies as zero impact? And this is where the debate becomes. Oh, I bet. So. The answer is going to be different for all of you. Uh, mm -hmm. It'll be different for me, then mm -hmm. it'll be different for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to hold myself to the highest available standard, but I'm still going to miss some people's uh, standard here. Like the Haitian rock is a good one. So there's, I, I, would, I could see that uh, on, the, on the very extreme ends of this, there's what I said where nothing has ever touched or seen the ocean. That's a full extreme. Poofed into existence. Just poofed into existence. Yep. Or there's... Uh, the, okay, it hasn't touched or seen the ocean, but we're comfortable with uh, that at one point. Like, captive bred fish, poof, you know, uh, to some degree. Uh, if you can get corals to spawn in captivity, then poof, this coral came from nowhere. Zero impact. Man. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. I, and this... Of all the days that I've ever wanted to read the comments on this one, this is going to be the one. Okay, so zero impact. I go get some, I go find some of the most beautiful uh, clownfish. I breed them mm. uh, and then give them out to people. Like for me, it wasn't zero impact because I took these two clownfish out. But if somebody, if yeah. I raised the eggs and then gave the clownfish to somebody else, yeah, I think that classifies as a rounding error to zero impact, <laughs> right? Does that also mean that our, does that also mean like our sand has to come from pulverized rock because the sand granules have seen the ocean before? You know, I had that one written down because uh, like I've already violated a t true zero impact twice because 
hey, I got this Haitian rock in, mm. in there that it was live rock that came out of Haiti. I believe it's like uh, kind of like Oh, it's dead. Um, Pavona coral, I believe. Yep. Yeah. I believe it's kind of like dead fields, but mm -hmm. you know, it's probably habitat for something, right? Mm -hmm. However, this rock has already been in somebody else's tank and eventually made it back its way back to Top Shelf Aquatics, in mm. which case they built it into Aquascape and sent it to me. So this is the big question. Like, is it zero impact if I went and bought an existing system yeah. from somebody that was it was already yeah. set up and I just moved it to my house or that like they had it all torn down and it was in their garage and this rock was mm. just going totally to waste and doing nothing sitting there it might end up in the, out in the yard soon mm. is it zero impact if I take that rock out of the garage instead of taking live rock or something else it mm. raises a question like if you can we just we just said you know how cool would it be to show all off all your tank and say none of the stuff uh, none of the stuff in here has ever seen the ocean. Uh, well, you can't say that if you know if it, it wasn't me that took it out or, or was a direct recipient of the ocean collection, but like five hands backwards, it did come out of the ocean. What I can say is none of the animals that are in here came out. Oh of the ocean. yeah, and there you go. Right? Okay. Uh, so that's the same thing with the sand. I don't the sand that, that definitely came out of the ocean in this case is that carob sea stuff. But like I don't think it's coming out of a reef. I think it's coming out of some infinite hole of sand in the ocean mm. somewhere. So mm. you raise a good point there too. Yeah, like is that really mm. you know the bar what? that somebody wants to throw? Because I don't want a tank without sand. Yeah. I like and I don't like uh, want the necessarily the mine sand either. You know, I like so and this stuff is. This is you, what I want. You think about how uh, the impact that this little hobby has on the total collection of anything out of the ocean globally. Um, sand is not just harvested from the ocean for our little aquariums. It's used in everything, you know, all kinds of... If you live in a wintry state, it goes out onto your roads. You might be landlocked Minnesota. Uh, it's used in you know, pool cleaners, uh, filters, all kinds of stuff. This is actually a great point. Yeah. Because uh, I haven't been down there to confirm this, but this is what I've been told. Here in Minnesota, we got limestone quarries all over the place, mm. which is basically a billion-year-old reef. Right, right, right. right, right. Uh, and so, but down, and that's what we use to like make cement or different things for construction. Mm. Down in Fiji, they're just taking this like dry rock that's been sitting around, you know, forever, and turning that stuff into cement. And so, better for you know, like a driveway. Or better for a reef <laughs> tank for my house. I don't know. You can you can decide for yourself. I like the definition of zero impact more when it's the living creatures in there because uh, it's actually having a, an impact on something living in the ocean. Sands, uh, you know, dormant or well, what do you call it? Whatever you said that word is. Uh, sand, uh, inert. Uh, some rocks, inert. Especially if you know they keep rebuilding on themselves years and years ago. But the fish, the, directly the fish, the living animals, uh, I'd be still be proud if I could say nothing living in this tank was taken. Okay, so that like goes to me now. The only thing that uh, I got a bunch of there's a big horse, 300 gallon horse trough with the aquascape and the fish living in it at the moment. Mm. Uh, hopefully, uh, either tomorrow or early next week, we will be able to move the aquascape and fish in. Shoot for tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll come back in a week and check on them. Uh, but. Uh, 
there are only a handful of fish that I'm going to be able to put in there then. So the gem tang's out, uh, that was wild caught. Mm. The uh, yellow tang's out, that was wild caught. Mm. Uh, we've already moved some of the antheas into some of the other tanks here. Yeah. Uh, the tile fish was wild caught. The file fish were wild caught. Uh, none of those things are going to go in. The royal gammas aren't, aren't going to be able to go mm. in there. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, my, like, one of my favorites, the regal uh, angel is a ah. uh, wild caught. The uh, flame angel was already moved in there. So what's left that can currently move over to my tank then is uh, the clownfish from the clown harem series, yep. right? So <laughs> yeah. we got two of those in there. Uh, the uh, uh, personatus or masked angels that were bred, and then the uh, yellow Hawaiian antheas, which were also bred. Mm. And so, like, <laughs> there's an interesting story with the, the personatus actually, but like, bred to me means that uh, the animal didn't come out of the ocean, even if its parents did. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Second so, gener second generation to land. Yep. So I'm well, totally okay with that to standard yep. in terms of rounding error of zero impact. Kevin Weeson hit it on the head. We need to call this tank the ULI, the ultra low impact 360. Oh, I love that. <laughs> the ULI. Kevin, you nailed it, man. Ultra low. The ULI. Done, dude. Done deal. The ULI 360. Oh, thank you so much, man. Man, uh, yeah, that, the ULI, killer. ultra low impact. Killer. Okay. You. Anyway, so uh, in that spirit, those are the fish that I'm left with, and now mm. I'm gonna have to go hunting down. You know, and we're gonna get to this a little bit later. But like, where are we gonna get corals from? Where are we gonna get fish from? Mm -hmm. And where, uh, like, there's some stuff that like is really, really desirable. Well, where, how, how the hell am I gonna get it? I yeah. don't know. So, okay, so. Wild corals that are farmed, right? Does this <clears throat> meet that standard? So could you say that zero impact is, uh, oh, the video that we're gonna throw to at the end, you guys have to wait for it because it's a, such an awesome video what they're doing down there. Um, but Solomon Islands? Yeah, Solomon Islands. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it brings up a good point. I would, I'll, I'm hesitant to consider if I went to the ocean, trimmed some corals, put and, and didn't take them anywhere, uh, put them on a table, grew them back out, put them back together. I've now just, uh, I've just taken a, ma a colony from and tr trimmed it and doubled the colony. Mm -hmm. I can now take that piece that has been growing because I trimmed it, it's growing in the ocean. I, I didn't actually go to the reef to take it. I personally took the original off the reef. It's the same thing as like breeding your fish uh, in captivity. Uh, you know, the, the mother colony came from the ocean, but all the little pieces that I cut grew into many colonies. Can I take those out and now be zero impact? I'll set my standard here. Yeah. So there's two issues. There's uh, the aquaculture, like, you know, here in the United States or like on land, I should say. Yeah. Or mariculture. And so what you're talking about is mariculture, mariculture right? right? This is the standard that I will say. Mm. If the mother colony never left the ocean, boom, good enough for me. Zero impact. Right? So zero impact. The mother color never left the issue uh, the ocean, and it's only all of uh, its daughters and sons that it, come uh, to my house. Its uh, its future at that point would have been uh, positive impact. Uh, yeah. You just yeah. took a little bit away from the positive impact pie and put it in your tank. So there, there's the other piece is uh, you can transition from net net neutral, which is a uh, mother colony stayed in the ocean. Well, it's only the rest, the little bits that came off. If you go replant some of those bits, 
Uh, yeah, twenty percent come out, eighty percent well, go back. Well, now it definitely meets that standard. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. All right, and, and I'm going to say the same thing about actually the rounding error piece of the mother colony that does leave the ocean. You know, is uh, shipped to worldwide, and they farm it and grow it out in their propagation facilities. Mm. Yeah, the one coral did come out of the ocean, but like in relation to the hundreds of corals or even thousands, and probably over time, tens of thousands from like the scale of how they all multiply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the, it's a rounding error that one came out. The amount of demand that's reduced uh, on the rest of it. Yeah. So, like, I, if you're farming it, you're aquaculturing it in a greenhouse, you're doing any of that stuff, this animal no longer came out of the ocean for me, uh, hmm. and I can live to that standard. Uh, this Moat Marine, as Seven Tenths had this comment here, Moat Marine is already talking about uh, taking corals, spawning them, and putting the parents and some babies back into the oceans. Uh, and selling and trading some. Uh, that Moat Marine is actually doing uh, some, some of the first propagators that had found, uh, I forget the doctor's name on there, uh, that had found, yeah, you trim this up into micro fragments and mm -hmm. it like doubles the growth of the mother colony back because it's building itself back up. But uh, if they can get them to spawn, cor corals is one of those ones that were, you know, especially Acropora, getting them to spawn and in the, uh, in a really uh, moon cycles. Yeah, it'd be really interesting if we could get that far in our knowledge of how to do that. So uh, it's already there. A lot of people are doing it. The problem yep. with it is like doing it at home is almost impossible because you have to seal the whole room, room off with uh, yeah. like uh, no light other than the like moon cycle light because if any other spill comes in there, just like, you know, throws it off the whole thing. Yep. Like mm. you're following the temperatures and stuff a little bit and stuff too, but like it's not. I don't want to say it's not rocket science because it's difficult and the people that are doing it are groundbreaking. But if you shared that knowledge and, the, and how to do it, it is not beyond the community's ability, ability. to do. Oh, 100%. Right? If oh, you've gotten, certainly not the farmers. If you've gotten five, five to ten years down the road in your tank, uh, the extra step to, do, to learn how to spawn is probably a, a small leap into what you already learned. So I've heard this now from a dozen different people, actually. This is kind of an interesting thought. So, like, at some point, somebody said, you know, like, what if uh, all of a sudden it was, like, illegal to import, you know, corals of this kind? And, like, maybe it's illegal even to trade uh, some kind of endangered species or something mm. like that. What if you breed the liger, you know, <laughs> uh, right? So, like, the liger sounds terrible, but... Uh. What if you cross, you know, a couple of different species of coral when you're spawning them? I and this has been done. Mm -hmm. uh, the net result is not something that came out of their ocean or ever existed in the ocean before, and is actually no longer regulable. Like, like it is mm. not. It's a completely different. It's species. a completely different species. It was never in the ocean before. It's a huh. hybrid species. Interesting. Yeah. Because it's only a, you'd imagine it's only a matter of time before something like that happens. Like. Unless you do something about it, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think this is really interesting. So, so you're going to, you're going to be open to sourcing mariculture and a lot of aquaculture. For me, it'll be aquaculture. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want pests out of the ocean. And not, and not in this tank, man. Yeah. I don't think. No, I probably really don't. Aquaculture. You know, there's I, a lot of I, yeah, a lot of great aquaculture yeah, I don't, facilities I don't around. Think there's so many, so many SPS corals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about those in okay. a minute. Uh, all right, so here's a tough one though. What about snails and crabs? Yeah. Hermit crabs. I mean, 
I, this is there, isn't my arena, but I don't think anybody breeds hermit crabs. Oh, somebody correct us if we're wrong on that, but I, I haven't. I mean, they're like so. Makes you wonder, where are they all coming from? Just I've never really th I've thought about the fish, where they come from, the corals, where they come from, but uh, we already know like uh, snails actively breed in our systems. Troca yeah. snails breed like crazy in our systems. There's other snails that breed like crazy in there. But the hermit crabs, the blue leg hermits, the red leg hermits, the where do they all come from? Am I gonna be crab free? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like uh, somebody correct us and they see if that's right or not. I don't know. I've never seen that. I, okay, this is gonna be another one. Like, I, I, if anybody's out there heard of a uh, crab breeding crab facility, breeder, I sign me up, man. I, I gotta go there. We need I that. <laughs> we need that hookup. This is gonna be one of those challenges oh. that you said, which is. I'm going to have to sacrifice something along the way. Mm -hmm. And this is the one, for me, I'm going to take the high road on this one and try to get around the crab issue with, with other uh, solutions for a cleanup crew. Urchins. Yeah. Oh, yeah Chad, Chad Breen's yeah, urchins. He's urchins. right here, yeah. The yeah. tuxedo urchins and whatnot. Actually, tons of them in a bunch of our tanks yep. here. Yep. yep. So you can get around uh, those things with, with different issues. But here's a for the average reefer at home, if you did everything else right, but you picked up some hermit crabs, you know, like, uh, can you hit zero uh, uh, impact? No, but can you hit the ultra, ultra low, low impact? Ultra-low impact, ULI. Absolutely, <laughs> ULI standard, man. You can totally hit yeah, ULI. even with some crabs. So I'm gonna try to find some trochus snails for sure that are bred, mm. uh, and, you know, they breed here, so maybe they, I, they're I, all over I, here. I may steal yeah. some out of There's here. some babies <laughs> everywhere. I've got some in mind. You know, that's actually a really interesting point because, like, this is going to be really, I, I don't want to call it easy, but fairly easy if you're into SPS corals because there's so many sources of aquaculture and SPS they're, corals. They're really good at propagation, surviving propagation. Okay, so what if I'm into... Uh, LPS. What are my options for, you know, the Ganyaporas, Elviaporas, the uh, uh, Acans, the Micros, or, or Lords, Some and... Blastos. All of those can be cut and propagated and grown, so I imagine there's a pretty good healthy supply of uh, aquacultured ones. But what about your trachophilias and your mm -hmm. scolemias and your elegances I've and heard things you can like actually that? Farm scolies. Yeah, yeah I, was, I had said that to somebody too, and like they corrected me. So really? Yeah, they grow faster huh. than the. Than oh, there I, you go. I thought your fungi yeah, plates. Yeah, trachies and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so that is going to be one of those things. Like, I, it's harder to find. I shouldn't say hard to find. It's not hard to find. It's just more common to see people harvest blastos out of the ocean than it is to farm them. Mm. Because it, it, in this case, it's just cheaper. Yeah. Right? Uh, but you could go find them. I, I think, like, Tidal Gardens probably has a lot of different farm stuff that a lot of other places don't. I, I don't know that for sure, but I believe that to be true mm. just from watching some of his videos. Yeah. So I, I think that you could go out and get some of that stuff, but it's going to be a little bit more expensive. But there's also another option. Mm. What if I really, really, really wanted a trackie, but it, this, the uh, ultra-low ULI uh, was important to me. Well, I think the standard of somebody shutting down their tank hits it. 
you know, going to a uh, like a local club and seeing somebody who wants to sell something that they've already had in their tank, it's oh. already lived there and been cycled through there, and said they want to move to your tank. I think I can feel good so about that having a uh, ultra, ultra low. low impact. Who was the person that said that sentence? Because uh, it's going to happen they're, now. They're on <laughs> that my was favorite list. Kevin, uh, I'm going to go back. We're going to go back and find his comment. We got to send him something. The that was fantastic. The reason why I love that because. Like all of us in the reefing community tend to nitpick each other, yeah. right? So when part of today's conversation is nitpicking, hard to, hard to nitpick ultra low. Ultra like, low. What's your just definition means of ultra low? There's a little bit of room here, yeah. you know, at ten percent, twenty percent, whatever. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I really love that idea. Um, uh, actually, so you bring up a good point here too. This uh, Keith Sty says purple. Purple urchins are infesting the Monterey Bay and killing the kelp beds. Would you consider, uh, uh, this is my own question adding on that, would you consider an invasive species being pulled from the ocean as part of your display as ultra low impact because you're helping the, their current negative impact of infestation? I've heard the same thing about catamorpha in Australia. There's bays that are like just, just covered. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but that's huh. what I've heard. So, uh, if you took out an invasive species out of the ocean, the amount that they replicate is I, 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 you, can, you can nitpick if you want. Positive impact. Positive right? impact. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Lionfish off of Florida. Okay, dude. If I wanted a lionfish tank, yeah. and, and instead of going and buying one. I went down and fished for one out of Florida and took it out of the ocean and I don't know if this is legal or not. But, <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but but if it, pretend it was. Pretend it was. Uh, and, or somebody that's allowed to do that did that for me mm. and uh, gave it to me. I, I don't. No sane person wouldn't call that a positive impact. Yeah. You yeah. know, you you did something. I mean, it's not going to change the trajectory of uh, uh, the ocean in Florida. You did not harm it by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, save good, that, good call up. that call in, uh, save that one for the end here. That's a really good one to kind of wrap up with. I like that. All right. Okay. So rock. And it, there's a lot of different sources of rock now. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like, well, a lot of them actually shrunk up, actually, but mm. there's new different ones. So. We did just get rock from... Uh, yeah, we got some rock that like, kind of looks like some of the stuff that you've seen before. Like it comes Bay. from different uh, uh, locations. Tampa Bay is one of them. Mm -hmm. I... You know, if you dropped mined rock in the ocean and then took it, took it back, back out, out, is that low impact? I think it is because you're adding something back in. So it's like add some in, take some out, and replace it with you know adding some back in. And what the speed of population of the all of the living things on that has got to be months. Oh, you know, it, it takes a little longer than you think. Yeah. I, I've seen them drop rock uh, at different different teams. Drop it in there, and it takes a couple of years sometimes. Okay. Sometimes it takes six months. Okay. Uh, it kind of depends on the rock, depends on the area and how fast. But you're actually adding habitat. Eventually, you're going to take it away. But you're probably going to add more, uh, mm -hmm. to be honest. And once it gets established, probably it goes faster. You know, like you're not just waiting for stuff to settle on it from, you know, many miles away. Right, right, it's right. actually just down the street, per yeah. se. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the re only reason that I don't get more excited about dropping the uh, live rock or just some mined rock into the ocean and calling that even positive impact is prior to that, prior to like a few years ago, 
that would have offset the rock that came out of the ocean, mm. right? Yeah. Now, very, very little rock comes out of the ocean. Right. And it's, like, unbelievably expensive. You know, I bought some from uh, Route 66 in our test, and at oh, wholesale, yeah. I think it was 13 bucks a pound. Yeah. You know, so mm. what is it if by the time it got to a fish store? Right, right, uh, right. Up, up, dude, you're, you're going to be into a few grand just for uh, 100 pounds of rock, mm. you know? So, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, You could still have a successful tank without that. So you, you could have a, a ULI ultra low impact tank without... Uh, yeah, I think the reef savers of the world cut it. The I'm, cement well, rocks of the world cut the it. The old Walt Smith that we have here yep. in the 160, uh, that was zero impact, and look at it now. Yeah, and you know they some sometimes they soak that stuff in the ocean, but like it was cement, they just man-made it. Yeah, yeah it's a rock. Uh, hmm. Rocks shouldn't be a challenge. But pulling pulling actual live rock out of the ocean, I don't think meets that standard. So. Hmm. All right, and we hit on sand. I don't know if anybody here is going to die on this sword because I don't think you're pulling sand. That, there's no reason to pull sand out of an old active reef because, like, it there's sand everywhere. everywhere and it's con continually replenishing itself. Yeah, dude, it, most of the planet, like, most planets covered by water, and right underneath that is sand. <laughs> you know, so uh, I just, I don't know. All right. Uh, Okay, so that kind of hits on this question now that we've had a little bit of the, uh, uh, of the conversation. There's, there's going to be like, I don't know, roughly three camps in the, in the audience, right? There's going to be, uh, I don't give a F, yeah. right? Like, it doesn't really matter to me one way or another, which, by the way, probably checked out by now. Uh, <laughs> then there's also the difference then between do I want factual Low, uh, 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 factual zero impact hmm. or in the spirit of, hmm. right? That I'm trying to do something better and I probably won't get 100% of the way there, but I will get close. Which one's more important to you guys? You know, is it the factual zero meeting the ultimate standard or just getting closer than we were before? Hmm. That's right. We've been dancing on both sides of the fence uh, in our ideas. Okay, so here's the piece for me, is it's really easy to like kind of let go of things. You know, like, I want crabs, I want rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, and like, what if I really wanted one, just one fish? You know, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So for me, I'm gonna try to get as close to zero as possible while maintaining ULI. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that. Uh, uh, Colin, I'll bring up Colin's uh, comment here, because it's really good. Uh, it kind of speaks to this. So Colin, yep. Colin says, I dislike the idea that uh, every issue is black and white. Either you're zero impact, you're, uh, zero impact or, you're, or you're doing nothing. Make an effort to do as much sustain, uh, sustainably, but it's not possible if you're, uh, but if it's not possible, you're not a terrible person. You know, so here's, the, that's the, I, mean, I just hate to say it, but it's, Polarizing. It's, it's human nature, man. Yeah. If you say you are something, then 100 everybody will go look for reasons that you're not. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if 95% of uh, what you do lives up to that standard, but look at that thing Look at there. that 5%. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, yeah, <laughs> gotcha. No. So I think it's just human nature, and you see it all mm. over, you know, I mean, I've seen it like the thousands and thousands of forum posts I've made. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's just de debating the nitpicky little, you yeah. know, it missed the spirit of the question 
and got hung up on the absolutes. So <laughs> I, I, I thank you very much for sharing that. Thanks, Colin. Uh, all right, so let's talk about some tank types that would be, if you wanted to have a ULI, which would you, what tank types would be harder, hardest mm. to easiest? So, okay. Tank what's harder? Go ahead. Uh, tank types outside of LPS, softy, SPS. Uh, any of the stuff. Any of the stuff. Uh, no, like, so, softy rings to mind as could be easy, but it might actually be hard to identify where it came from. Mm. But that stuff grows so fast. Yeah. You know, you got Sinulera coming out of everywhere. You know, <sighs> like uh, your toadstools, like this big before you know it. And yeah. they're like so easy to frag. Mm. Uh, Zoanthids, man, Xenia. Uh, oh, like I think we're so green star polyps. Yeah, we're so flooded with GSP and Zoanthids now that I died. I probably you probably couldn't trace hardly trace uh, some of that stuff back to when it originated in the ocean. Well, I'm I'm gonna I don't know the answer to this, but like when I went to a lot of the like zoanthid places and you're picking out the you know special little named ones everywhere. Yeah. I, sometimes it's because they you know found the most awesome awesome one and farmed them, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's because they just bought boxes and boxes of, uh, of uh, zoanthids and broke them into pieces. And like, oh, that one looks like Bob Marley. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that one looks like uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so uh, sometimes it's kind of hard to know mm. where it came from. And you, I guess you just have to ask. You yeah. know, and hopefully the people will be honest. Yeah. So uh, and I bet you it, if, if it became important, to be honest, you should probably just state it if that's what it is, because most people would want to know. Oh yeah, right? this was wild, uh, wild caught zoas, or not, or not. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there might be something to be said for if it says it, it, if it doesn't clearly say that it is, that it probably isn't. Hmm. I don't know, uh, but like with softies, I think this would be a pretty easy standard, especially if you were able to ask, you know, where the stuff came from, because so many of these things grow really, really fast, yep. probably to plague proportions in many <laughs> cases. I really easy to have a zero well, impact tank. It, even in the spirit of an ultra low impact tank, uh, I can, there's so, like you said, there's so like, I could go over to here to this Red Sea Max that's just off to the side here, cut some uh, a whole bunch of pieces out of there of softies and uh, put it in my little 60 gallon cube. I now have uh, like a ULI tank. I'm gonna call that all the way. ULI all the because, way. Because those things, are, what are you gonna do? They're gonna just throw them in the trash? They're just getting bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. You have and to trim them You now. have to trim them. Yeah. And what do you, yeah, exactly. So SPS tanks also, uh, I won't say, the only reason I'll say this mm. isn't as easy is because it's more expensive, right? To gather the variety that you would want? There's or? so many people propagating SPS frags. Yeah. And the number one reason I think that you see people propagating them isn't because they're looking for the uh, ULI approach. It's because they're just healthier, they maintain their colors better, and there's lower mortalities, and the people that like are really into sticks and care for them want good stuff and they want it. they don't want brown mm -hmm. they don't want dirty brown they don't want it to turn brown they want to look at it you know under a little microscope with a little light pen and say that one is coming home with me yeah. i want it to look like that mm. and forever if not better well and for fragging sps you know uh in the coral trading and stuff that i've done before you know 
getting a, a whole cooler full of little, you know, one, two, three inch frags, uh, I can get more frags and more pieces out of a mother colony of SPS than I can that it took me five years to grow my big giant torch coral or my wall hammer or whatever. So, you know, uh, uh, gosh, I keep forgetting this guy's name, uh, that coral farm or uh, propagation guy, Keltho. Oh. Yeah, so I watched a seminar, uh, like at my very first uh, iMac, which is like similar to uh, RAP or Macna, but for old people. Okay. Uh, like myself. Uh, and I went to that thing and I watched him and he was saying the same thing. Like, people don't think that you can, you know, propagate uh, the, like, euphilia. But all the time, first off, I see people grow a couple heads into a big basketball in a matter of a couple years all the mm. time. Oh, yeah. Right? This, this tank over here did it. Yep. And then a basketball, one basketball turns into two, two turns into four, and so on. Yes, it would take some time. But also what he said is you can actually, if you pay close attention, they, they form little nubbins mm. that come out of the skeletal structure. But because they're shaded by the coral, actually they just really die off. Yeah. You know, and they don't actually turn into another branch. So if you're paying attention as a farmer, you can actually pluck those little guys off or you can rotate it so that it's getting light and you can increase the speed at which these mm. things grow. Okay. And, and it might be that someday down the road it will be like, well, no, I don't get to buy a big old head and I might have to buy a little nubbin, but hey man, this is part of the hobby and part we're going, times just change and priorities change. So maybe it's just a little nubbin. <laughs> but it is a different path. Yeah. You know? But LPS definitely going to be harder. It's, it feels like it would be harder. A, lot, a little more slow growing in a lot of the corals. But even some of the, like we said, I, uh, the, the scolies that I probably being propagated now or cultured or whatever you, uh, I would imagine those take forever. And there's mm, a wide, I don't, I don't know, there's a wide variety of that. Uh, this giant elegance that we have in here, I'm um, sure that took oh, quite a while to get that big in the ocean. All right, I'm just going to take a, like a plausible theory here as to why that is. And a lot of those corals are just found a lot deeper in the ocean. They don't mm -hmm. have the same amount of photosynthetic energy uh, produced from being so much deep in the ocean. And because of that, they just don't aren't able to produce tissue and grow as fast as a coral that's you know growing up near the surface or ah. growing in lagoons. Now this is just plausible theory, so I don't know, but that might be part of why that uh, they don't grow as fast. But all the same, it doesn't mean that it's not ruled out that you couldn't have that thing. Yeah. And 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 to be frank, if if we had like a major wave of uh, ULI in softies and SPS tanks and the LPS tanks just didn't ride it, still major, major progress. That's a good win. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be everything, yeah. you know? And so, but with SPS, like, I'm not concerned about getting coral one bit, right? And I think this is a good time to transition to where you would get kind of some of this stuff. So, mm. like, if I was going to get a, uh, like, SPS coral, where would you go get it from? Uh, the first thing I'd do is walk around the office and find one that <laughs> that I like and cut a nubbin off of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, sourcing locally, uh, friends, uh, LFSs, things like that. Uh, I, as I know, so many people cut their corals because uh, I used to do it too. And mm -hmm. So I'll trade with with people. Uh, so he doesn't know it, but I got the same thing. Uh, Jeff uh, Jacobson, who owns Vibrant, yeah. he uh, lives locally. 
and uh, he told me well he collects corals and and cars yeah uh, <laughs> and uh, he told me like hey dude when you're ready and I, was, I was like I was talking about where I'm getting corals from he's like dude when you're ready you come to my house and you're gonna do a little clipping. You just uh, yeah, uh, just point to one that you want. Uh, yeah, we used to do that all the time. I mean, go over to people's houses and with the the club and whatnot down in Kansas, and we'd be like, "Hey, man, uh, I've got this mother colony. You just point to something you want in here. I'll clip it." Okay, but then after that, there's uh, more obvious choices mm. of uh, like battle corals is growing all that stuff in there. Mm -hmm. I've seen the farm over at TSA. You're seeing a lot of different stuff coming Tidals. out worldwide. Yeah. You're seeing tidal gardens. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is a, like, I don't know, I wonder if Dr. Mac does SPS corals or not, but like people have been farming coral men forever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and then the mariculture stuff. I mean, you could go to like Live Aquarium and find mariculture to, if that was what you're Mini looking for. Mini colonies and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, little colonies. I get worried about the pests. I also get worried about like keep maintaining the color of mariculture. But Well, the trade-off in some of the mar mariculture stuff is, uh, I mean, I used to go to the local fish store and he'd get a fresh shipment of maricultured corals and then some of them would be browned out and I'd buy the brown town ones just to mm. see what color comes out of them after they've stabilized and come back to life and vibrance. And mm. you could be in for a really awesome surprise or just a regular old green one. It usually takes a while. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I, I actually asked uh, Jeremy, I was like, hey man, before we got into this uh, ULI thing, uh, I asked him, you know, hey dude, what if like, you know, I insta-tanked this thing with Australian colonies. And yeah. I was like perusing Route 66's uh, website. I'm like, man, there's a lot of awesome stuff here. And he's like, you just never know. You know <laughs> like, I'm like, you know what? I want to know. Yeah. You know, I, I think I would have tried it all the same. Like if we didn't suddenly get on this path. Uh, I think I would have tried it all the same. Mm. I would have, you know, decided that I wanted, like, because it was Australian. It, there's nothing, there's, it, like, m waiting sometimes, man, is a lot of fun. I don't, you know what it is? Is we all want to, to be able to insta-tank the thing Oh, right 100%. Now. And, like, if you gave me an infinite budget, you just insta-tank it. But, like, even when I insta-tanked the, the 360 with uh, uh, Euphilia yeah. and, and LPS, I kind of, like, short-changed myself like, with the journey. It's over. Oh. Yeah, like I don't know, you got to the finish line already. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. And the reality mm -hmm. is, is I didn't because what I was planning on doing is taking the like what ultimately ended up to be the less lackluster ones out, and I'd let the most awesome ones grow out. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure what I would have done with the other ones. It probably yeah. would have ended up in tanks here, but yeah. uh, that isn't the journey. I start bonsaiing it and stuff, but I did feel kind of like, oh, boom, it's yeah. Finish line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's what's nice about the uh, uh, the SPS tank, like the the 160 here. Uh, I mean, we put all of those little tiny frags in there and whatnot. But uh, the fun part was watching all of them grow from those little nubbins. And now here we are, six, seven, years, six, almost seven years it, later, and it's completely chocked. I had that actual experience uh, when. <laughs> Some of you follow uh, my uh, Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I, like, I was sitting down in my basement and I decided to throw the 360 on. Uh, mm. We have like a little theater screen thing. That oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We generally only pay Mario on it. I don't know if that's <laughs> all we ever do on it. But uh, I threw it up there and uh, threw this, the 360 up there, and or the 160, rather. Yeah. The 12-hour loop. I'm like, man, I remember when this tank was only a bunch of nubbins. Yeah. 
and look at it now, and I had that. Like yeah. it's 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 different than if you just instantaneous. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Uh, and you know what my wife said? She said, "Wow, that tank is really, really, really cool, and it's huge, and it's zero work. When we leave, you're gonna turn it off." <laughs> <laughs> And actually, for, for Vantage Point, we're filming more of those uh, for all of you guys, because that was actually what the intent was. Yeah. Is, uh, have you throw it on your TV? For people who don't have a tank and they just like doing this, well, throw the 360 on your living room yeah, TV. Yeah. It's kind of like the Yule log of yeah. reefing. Yeah, exactly. Give your 32-gallon bi BioCube or give your uh, BioCube a big, giant uh, tank on your TV as a friend. Yeah. Like, this is what you're hoping and aspiring for. You know what would be fun is if we could get like a library of like really awesome tanks like that. I mean, we're actually going to shoot a bunch of them here for this, but if you get a bunch of libraries where it just kind of became a thing within the reefing community where to you throw uh, on the Yule log of yeah. reef tanks. Yeah, and like like hey, you know what? I got their the, known tanks. This is weekend, the cool part. Yeah. I got the 160 in my house yeah. next weekend. I, I got, got the so -and -so's. E170. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay, so we're off track here, but like okay, all right. Oh, uh, well. Getting back to, okay, we just talked about the three main types of oh, tanks. Oh, yes, other ones. But what other types of like The clownfish harem tank, doable. Uh, yes, the harem was super easy because the best way to do the harem is to get a clutch uh, of... Uh, uh, the entire, yeah. Not, not eggs, but baby clownfish yeah, from the same The entire clutch, clutch yeah. Uh, and, and then the anemones propagate themselves <sighs> fantastically, too. Man, it would be hard... A you had to go find somebody who did that, who grew out only anemones. Who said this anemone was split from four generations ago on that one? Well, I don't, I don't really need that. I just need to know that I'm not buying sixty of them out of the ocean. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, then there's a lot of them that come out of the ocean. So, you have to just have to find a find a source, and they'd probably be a little bit more expensive. Yep. But yeah, the clown harem could totally be done. Cold water species tank is probably. I was just going to say MPS uh, and yeah, cold water. Yeah, those are probably out of the question. Well, so it depends on what you're looking for. Is it coal? Is it fish? Or is it is it uh, is it coral? Because coral, yeah. Like so, for instance, most people will call the personatus in, in my tank a cold, cold water, water tank, uh, and I keep it a couple degrees cooler because of that. But like. I mean, I don't, I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but they, they don't have to go down like 500 feet to get this fish, mm. right? And they got the two of them, they brought them up, and now they bred them, and they've been producing other fish for a long time. Uh, so it's, you could do some of this stuff, but the demand has to be there, and they're going to be a lot more expensive. Oh, yeah. So that was the interesting story, actually, is like when I asked Elliot the first time, like, who would pay that much money for those fish and why? And like, uh, is this rare? Like, uh, and, like, and if it's rare, I actually don't leave it in the ocean. Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want it. <laughs> uh, but then he told me the story of how, like, you know, they have to, like, breathe, I think it's helium or something to get down there oh, and wow. have to have all this backup yeah. stuff. And then they have to, like, bring the fish up just a little ways, come back tomorrow and bring it up. It takes, like, two weeks. I'm like, whoa. Well, now I know why that why fish cost so much. Why the price is so high? Right? Yeah. Uh, and then, like, somebody's now raised them forever to get them into adulthood, and now they're breeding, breeding them. And then going that through the whole breeding endeavor. process. Yeah. Yeah. It's trial and error on the breeding. Yeah, so I, I think you could get cold water coral, or you could get uh, MPS coral mm -hmm. uh, uh, that, I mean, 
I guess there's some SPS you could get uh, NPS like yeah you can you can you can grow sun coral and stuff like that so you can do uh, macroalgae tanks you can uh, you can do you know uh, pipe fish or seahorses because a lot of people are breeding those fish is one that right as we speak today is going to be really limited mm. right and so. Uh, I was hoping that I went, I went to the, the Biota website. I don't know, like uh, last time I looked, which was quite a while ago, they had, I mean, they have tons and tons of fish there. And, you know, a bunch of them, I was like, yeah, these are really cool. But right now, there's very limited supply. Yeah. My assumption here is because they're pumping out fish more and faster than ever, is that it's because people are buying them. Oh. Yeah, yeah they, they've d they've developed a demand for captive bred fish, and people are willing to pay more to get them. Yeah, yeah. it's a good problem to have. The yellow tang obviously is skyrocketing. Right, right, right. Yeah, but that was like actually a good, you know, thing for me is like, would I be happy if do I need to have like eight million different fish in here? And there's times where I would say the answer is yes to this. In this one though, like you know what? If I got like a little school of yellow tangs or something in there, they were all captive you know bred, and they're all captive bred, and like everybody's seen like like David Saxby's tank and stuff, and you see all this like kind of you know school of, of yellow tangs mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And you're like, that's really awesome, it's and it really doesn't cool. have to be uber rare to be awesome. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. And so I'm gonna stick to it. I'm gonna go to ORA. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of the other options for this. It's like so. There's like you know. Like really unique things, like uh, Elliot mm. and uh, his partner, or well, I guess a, a friend or supplier, Karen. Uh, and then there is Was it Karen or Kathy. It's a Kathy. Leahy, Lee. Uh, I may be butchering Mass, now, Yeah, mid Midwest or Central Central. Oh, I'm states. thinking of the ladies in Hawaii. I'm thinking um, of the one that would was Masna award winner this oh, year. Oh, okay. She's breeding fish also. Yeah, I don't know if like and where Kathy that would show Hawaii, up. Is that yeah. is that done for actual sale or is it done I in university? Know. That's interesting. I don't uh, know. Uh, uh, our very own Chad who breeds all kinds of anything, fish. Anything he can anything do. Anything he can do. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'd hit him, huh. you know, hit hit him up too. So, but it is a more limited supply. You're going to have to I'm going to have to say I'm okay on the fish front, probably not having every last fish that I would like, because some of them are just aren't available. So, so I mean, your tank's not going to be pretty and gorgeous, and your desires. I don't think I'll enjoy it any less. In fact, I'll probably enjoy it more just because of the story that's yep, attached to 100%. it. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah. All right. So here is actually another question. So if it is ultra low impact or zero impact. Are we going to allow ourselves the offset? Hmm. Like so, like pretend you're like into uh, saving carbon emissions or whatever. Like, well, you know, I have carbon emissions in my house. I use electricity, blah blah blah. But, but I drive I could, a. I could offset it with some other good behavior or expenditure. Hmm. Karma. Yeah. So in this case, like, could I pull those fish out? If what I did is grow out hundreds of corals and give them away to uh, the mm. club, or you know, even give them to a fish store and say, "Hey, you know, I'm not doing anything with these things." So, yeah. how about, instead of uh, having to buy them all from uh, you know wherever, uh, I'll just give you some supply. So, how many corals do I need to give to the fish store <laughs> to, or my friends to, to offset the desire <laughs> for one regal uh, angel? I can't do it. I mean. Uh, I don't. Uh, 
it'd have to be all one way or the other, I think, on that one. Uh, I'm not buying my. Uh, uh, I'm not buying my way to uh, a fish that was captured from the ocean. I, all right, man. So I gave back. Say he even gave back millions and millions of corals back to the ocean. The, is it? Can I? Will I personally justify my pluck of my fish of choice out of the out of the ocean? Remember that last week we had no problem taking the regal angel out, right? You know, so like, it's not like it's a moral issue. Mm -hmm. It's just that like, I decided I wanted to be a little bit better than I was before. Mm. So in that spirit. Can I offset it? And I'm not gonna because I'm gonna try to hold myself to the standard that you guys are all judging me for. Uh, but at the same time, like if you're an average reefer and I really, really, really just, you know, love some specific thing, whatever mm -hmm. it might be, could you, like, you know what? Like for me, I really love those golden red dwarf moray eels. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I probably, I think they come out of Hawaii, so I'm not sure you can get them anymore. Uh, but they're fun. Yeah, like I really love those things. So, like, is there anything in the world that I could do that would offset my desire for that? And I think the answer is yes, on a personal level. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I could personally. I don't think I could subscribe. All right, that. all right. Well, I, I, I okay. Well, good for you. This, this is one specifically that I'm gonna ask for the community to say, yeah. would you allow yourself or other people uh, to offset some of the good with some of the bad? Mm. I'm on one side of the camp. You're I know, you're holding other. yourself to a high bar, man. I, I love it. I, I couldn't do it. Okay, <laughs> so this is another question. That, this is something that now is gonna be near and dear to my heart. Oh yeah. Certified aquaculture, right? Mm. That like a couple of different ways that that could be. One is like if you're gonna buy it off of a website that like it just like literally, I'm, I'm imagining the Rotten Tomatoes thing like certified fresh. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but certified aquaculture. This thing has a ULI or no impact ocean. You know, written yeah. into it. There's some kind of standard that we all kind of agree on hmm. to some degree. Uh, all right, could that be? Could that exist or will it exist? Would you value it? Would you? Would it help you make your decision on whether you wanted to buy a coral from one vendor or another? If we had a global standardized stamp of approval or national or whatever. Certified have you. ULI. Certified oh. ULI. Thank you, Kevin, for that. I know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like he's gonna go down in history. Uh, certified uh, ULI uh, stamp of approval. Uh, I know what I'm getting into. It's like those microband commercials. Uh, I think we. I think it could happen. It would. It would be. It would make part. You the, would have to have a regulating agency to, to verify, right? Uh, 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 I mean, like you're either buying from liars or you're not, right? So yeah. either trust from. Yes, that would be great if that existed, right? But at the store level or the online store level, either the people you are buying from or are your pets from are worthy of your trust or they are not. True. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would just leave it out there. But it would. It would help me decide what I want and. I think, like, for the terms of this conversation, obviously, but I think for a lot of people, as you start to learn that aquacultured pets are actually healthier, happier, look better, maintain their color, have lower mortalities, all of those things, uh, I think people would actually check it because it's better. <laughs> you know, on all fronts, I'll pay $10 more. Yeah. And, and like, and, and what if it was $10 less? 
Definitely so. <laughs> then, uh, so I'd love that. I'm going to take it one step farther, mm. though. Would you shop at a place that explicitly said, we don't take stuff out of the ocean? Oh, yeah. Anything you bought here, I don't need that stupid stamp. Yeah. Anything here meets that. Oh, I like that. I like that. That'd, that'd be a walk in the door, easy walk in the door and buy something. So I, I, I'm thinking for myself, like, you look at Battle Coral, right? Like, I'm pretty certain that everything on there would meet that standard. Mm. It's hard to imagine how it wouldn't. Oh, he should market himself like that. Like, I questioned some of the ones that I thought were probably like that with zoanthids. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if it's chop shop or if it is uh, farmed. I'd like to know. And if you are 100% farmed, like, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to find out if uh, Josh Pork Sandwich's stuff was all farmed. Mm -hmm. And if it is, I want to know. <laughs> you know, like, it makes me happier about it. You know, so, mm. uh, there's I, a, I don't know. There's a couple of really good points up here. People are okay. talking about uh, the, uh, I like wicked scubas. I give back, I don't eat seafood. So the less, of, <laughs> the less sea bass I eat, the more cor corals I can capture from the wild. Yeah. Uh, but Tom, uh, Tom Terrace here says, what about the food we feed our animals? Are there issues with ULI there? Well. Oh, thought provoking. Uh, man, I... Like, are they going to be on a pellet-only diet? Tom. Man, Tom. Tom. Uh, that is a That's good a big question, question. <laughs> man. Like, okay, so, like, mysis shrimp is, like, a freshwater, freshwater shrimp yeah. harvested out of Canada, okay. so no. So right? not an ocean impact. Yeah, but, like, if I went to, uh, you know, Costco and Got chopped up a bunch of scallops, scallops and, and tuna, tuna and, stuff. and all that stuff and turned it in my fish food. It was going to be human food anyway, so are you doing it a better service by giving it to your pets? Well, wow, man. That's a really good question, Tom. So, I, I guess this is the part that I would take on it is, that's a, that's a, that's a God, what a really good question. Uh, <laughs> I guess the take I would, there's options out there that don't. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, does nori fit that standard? Ah. Yeah, yeah. Seaweed? I, I don't know. I don't know. So I think, I think you just have to decide where you're going to draw the line. But it's, it's like, well, then don't feed your fish Chilean sea bass. Right? This, <laughs> uh, this is already under pressure. So, you know, go find fish that uh, meet a standard that, there's ample supply of in the normal food chain and the aquatics, you know, ornamental fish industry makes up 0.0000001 rounding error 0001 right, right, right. like Impact. amount of the total consumption. It's uh, one that we could, could probably yeah. let go comfortably. It's up to you. If you're going to use something that like is rare? I don't know. You know, I, uh, I would never, I don't think I'd have a problem with the current feed. I mean, the way you say it, you know, because of all of those, a lot of those foods that we use, give to our fish, are also foods for humans, which are, consume a hell of a lot more than our fish. Uh, I, could, I could let that one go. I, dude, this one is a really perplexing question because what I'm, I'm gonna say is I, I'm probably not gonna put shrimp in my tank, mm. you know? And so, am I okay with krill? Mm. 
Unless I can find a source of, uh, I, I think you can breed like peppermint peppermints shrimp. for sure. Yeah, but like the the skunks or the cleaners. No, or... there is a caveat in there. Like right now in that bin is a couple of fire shrimp. Yep, and a couple of uh, uh, cleaner shrimp. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to get them off of the rock. Oh yeah, to transport it. Mm. And, and am I gonna like go out of my way to you know, dig them out of a hole to meet the standard? Probably not. Will I buy new ones? No. Yeah. But would I dump krill in there or squid or whatever, man? Like mm. that's interesting. I, that one, that one's almost worthy of its own conversation as this thing kind of evolves. And like, I can't wait to hear what all of you guys say. <laughs> uh, all right. So, I don't know how many of us will all do this now. Like, if if. If any part of you in this conversation is like inspired, and we're gonna point right. you at a video here in a second. Oh, we got some questions here. I'm yeah, gonna question hit too. So yep. we're gonna point you at a video in a minute. It, was, it shows a farm over on Solomon Islands, mm -hmm. and uh, you can kind of see what it takes to, you know, do yep. something better and different and be part of it. So yeah. I'll tell you in about a second. But answer some of these questions. Uh, a couple questions here. True zero impact on the environment is possible. The best we can do is get as close to zero as possible, a.k.a. Kevin Wieson's ULI, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, that's that uh, factual versus in spirit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, Aaron says, how about getting electrical impact down? Huge power supplies on the lights, heaters, destroy my electric bill. Would love to see some innovation, uh, innovative ways to keep the power down. Yeah, the big suck in power is heat uh, and light. So, and like, despite what everybody thought with LEDs, the LEDs are not all that much more efficient than the T5s. No. <laughs> 100, 180 uh, watt, 210 watt light. Yeah, yeah, it's actually not that much different. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that's kind of like a, a different type of conservation, you know, that is important in its own right, mm. but like, I think you can make choices throughout your, your entire life and, and how you want to manage mm. that one. Uh, third one down. Coral reefs are 99% brown, unsellable corals. Mm -hmm. I have trouble believing that has such a huge impact on the ocean. We picked the nice ones. I have trouble believing that has such a huge impact. Okay, so that is the thing that we talked about last week, if you want yep. to go find that one, and I agree with you. Yep. And, and somebody told me that the same thing is like, hey, the ornamental coral industry only picks out the artistically perfect uh, organisms out of you know a whole sea and leaves all the rest behind, mm. uh, and it doesn't matter. So here's the part of it is that that's probably true, but like it's just this ongoing argument. Yeah, and we can just choose to put that argument to bed and be better. Win, win, win. Yeah. And so, and especially if it's easy, like if it's easy to be better and it's gonna produce better, a better tank for me mm. to do it too. Well, I don't know. I can just feel good that like, I'm definitely not part of that problem uh, in that case with your tank, you know? So you can process that your way. I tend to agree with that statement that it isn't. This hobby is. Yeah. such low impact compared to everything else impact in the ocean. But we had that conversation. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the details on this, but like, I don't know what the impact of a puppy mill is on the planet either. But I don't want to buy a pet from there. <laughs> no. You know, so yeah. like, I, 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 you know, I, it, 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 mm. it's a decision for everybody. 
Uh, let's see, a couple more here. Uh, Chris says, as long as they aren't endangered, I'm okay if it comes from the ocean. Animals that we eat are doing more for us than the ones that we look at in our tanks. Some uh, people, some like, uh, some people like only care about uh, pretty animals. So I think that like, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And that's like that conversation we had earlier, whereas like, what if we were only pulling LPS corals out because it's super easy to grow the S the, the softy corals and it's super easy to grow the uh, SPS corals. This one's, you know, more difficult. So I don't like, it, I think it's just like about making a decision that we want to be better. We want to be part of a solution and making like, you don't have to change the world. You just have to put one foot in front of the other one and decide you want to go there. Yeah. So uh, Mikey said, and that leads to Mikey's comment here, trying to do better and showing how it can be done better is worthwhile. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean like, if you can show the world, especially with like the 360 or anybody who's doing it, that, hey, look, uh, ultra low impact tank here. Uh, nothing ever uh, pulled out of the ocean in, in this tank can be done. And look how awesome it looks. Okay, so I'm gonna actually open Pandora's box here a little bit. Uh, so last week I shared that this, this whole topic is a little bit taboo and people don't talk about it a lot, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and that a uh, few people were gonna yell at me, and they did. Uh, <laughs> at my friends, uh, like, what are you talking about, man? You know, yeah. and like, uh, you know, you know, they had that conversation. You're hurting Jerry and Jim, and I'm like, yeah, I know, man. But like, at the same time, the conversation needs to be had. Yeah, it's part of a progress. It's part of you know finding the future that's in front of us. It's also a little bit of part of finding the inevitable. And it's also about having a defensible position in a world where people are definitely attacking our hobby and the things that bring joy to our lives. 100%. And so sometimes you just have to accept the fight that's in front of you. And it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. You just have to prove that I am definitely not part of the problem. And then beyond that, like, decide what you know, makes you proud. And this is kind of like one of those conversations about like, you know, your professional your virtues versus your eulogy virtues. Like, do you want, how do you want people to talk about you when you're gone, mm. you know? And so like, nobody really gives a crap about like the thing you did, uh, the, you know, your job that you had or whatever. They talk about the things you did to help other people. Yeah. You know, and decide yeah, yeah. who you want to be. And then when, at the end of the hobby, you could be the person that sucked it all out or you can be part of the people that put it back in. Yeah, true. And you decide, man, decide. Like, you know, what would bring me more joy from 10 years from now if I was part of, you know, a wave of people that changed the trajectory of this stuff and, and all of them, man, turned on yeah. that conversation by the end. They said, you know what, you're right. I would <laughs> like to be part of the solution, not the problem, even though the problem scares me and I don't believe it mm -hmm. is even a problem, but I do think there's a better path. And if you're asking me 10 years from now where I would like to be. On which side? That's where it is. Yeah, 100%. All right, that's beer. I'm gonna leave you with uh, a video right here. It's uh, Is it in the comments down below yet? Uh, it will be, it's right we'll be after this once it's posts. And hey, big shout out to Joshua uh, oh. D from Rockland, California. Sent us a whole bunch of really cool Mr. Chili things Thank and a really much. nice letter. Uh, but check out, you wanna see what a coral farm looks like uh, or coral farming looks like, Mariculture.
It's Jake Adams. It's Jake Adams in the Sol Solomon Islands. Uh, I just watched this today too. Uh, I hadn't seen it before. It's okay. awesome. It's really cool. So the, I'm, I'm gonna shout out to Jake actually. So uh, I've watched a bunch of his material over the years, mm -hmm. of course. The stuff that I love the most that he, Jake does when he goes out there is when he goes out on site, there on site mm -hmm. with the animals. You can see with the, the collectors of the animals too. The knowledge pours yep. out. The passion yep. pours out. Yep. And it is his best stuff. I don't know what 100%. it's going to be. You're going to see it show up here, here, probably in the middle uh, afterward. Uh, we'll post in the link in just a second. But if you want to go find it, it's actually called Coral Farming Workshop in the Solomon Islands by Reef Builders. Go check it out, and we'll see you next week. See you guys.